You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 100. Hey there, my name is Sarah Elrod, and you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, where we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. I'm a cowgirl turned full-time entrepreneur. I've done everything from wedding photography to horse training, business coaching, and more. My mission is to help other Western women and men grow thriving businesses so that they can live out that small town dream life that they love while achieving bigger goals than they ever could have imagined. If you're ready to put in the work, grow your business, grow your brand, and enjoy the little things in life, and of course, get a little rowdy too, then you are in the right place, my friend. Let's do this. Wow, I cannot believe that we are here, you guys. 100 episodes in. It feels so crazy to say that. I feel like I literally just started this journey, but it's also just so amazing to see how far that we have come in basically a year and a half, maybe a little over a year and a half. I have learned so much from doing this podcast and it has not only helped me help you, but it has made me a better business owner as well. And for those of you who have been around since the beginning, you know that the whole reason I started this podcast was because of a little phrase that my husband told me when we first met. Now, you've probably heard me say this phrase too many times on this show, but it really is the backbone of it, and I never want that to be forgotten, and sometimes I feel like it's easy to lose sight of why you started something, so it's kind of my little way of always bringing it back into fruition and and remembering why it is that I do this, and that saying that he told me was, every successful rancher has a wife that works in town, and that stuck with me for years. I wanted to live that ranching lifestyle. I always knew that was something that I wanted to do and I was okay with working, but I also wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I didn't want to have to go work in town somewhere. I wanted to be home with my kids. So I hustled on my own businesses to make my reality what it is today and that is a serial entrepreneur with a passion for branding and marketing and content creation but most importantly I'm a mama who gets to stay at home and raise her babies now this podcast was brought to life as a means to help you guys do the same thing Even if your goals and dreams are not exactly the same as mine, my hope is that this platform creates a community for the Western and rural women and men out there who have dreams bigger than the small towns that they live in, and yet they love to live there anyway. I remember always being told that if I wanted to be a successful business owner, I wouldn't be able to live in a rural area, and that doing the types of businesses that I wanted to do, one of those being photography, If I wanted to do that, there was no way I'd find success living in a rural area or like a small town. And I just, I don't know, I hate being told no and I hate being told that I can't do something. And so I kind of set out to make it a mission of mine to prove them wrong. And I think I've done just that. So um, yeah, I I just, I can't believe... I I just really can't believe we're like 100 episodes into this. Like I just keep looking at that number and I I can't believe that this is where we're at and that you guys have been listening to me talk for this long. It's just kind of crazy. So in this episode, I want to share with you my biggest lessons that I have learned as an entrepreneur. We've talked about a lot of things on this show, but these are kind of my like five top five things that I 
feel like encompass all of it into one big piece of advice, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So some of these you may have heard me talk about in other episodes, but we are just bunching it all up into one. And um, yeah, again, I just, I really just want to say thank you so much for listening. I just, I can't believe we're 100 episodes in. Um, I honestly had like bigger plans for this episode and then I had a baby. And so, you know, that kind of all went out the window. So maybe on uh, episode 200, we'll do something. So <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. Maybe we'll do something sooner than later. But I wanted to do something really fun. And uh, well, having a newborn is quite the struggle. So here we are. Anyway, all that to be said, I won't go on a tangent about that. Um, also, sorry if you can hear him making grunting noises. He's like sleeping right next to me right now. So uh, he's kind of a noisy sleeper. So anyway, okay. Uh, let's jump on in. There's a good chance that if you've been around here before, you've heard me talk about HoneyBook, but never like this. Right now, you can get the ultimate tool that I use for my business for only $1 per month for your first eight months. That's $8 for eight months to have access to all the features that keep my business up and running. After the eight months is up, you can choose to get on a monthly subscription or an annual one or cancel entirely if it's not your cup of tea. HoneyBook is perfect for any small service-based businesses as it is the all-in-one solution to everything you could possibly need. Keep everything from client communication to documents, payments, scheduling, and more all in one easy organized place. Personally, I love that HoneyBook has contract templates ready to use as well as email templates, questionnaires, and brochures. They even have free account migration so that if you've been sending out these things in another way, they will set up your account with your current documents for free. And did I mention that you can get paid through HoneyBook? This was such a game changer for me because now I can put clients on payment plans and track them all in one place. And if someone is late on a payment, HoneyBook sends them a reminder email automatically for me. So I can skip the awkward, where's my money email. Introverts, I know you feel me on that one. To give HoneyBook a try for only $1 per month, head over to sarahelrod.com slash HoneyBook and click the link. This is a business resource you are going to wish you had sooner. Do you ever wish that you could just have your next month's worth of content planned out for you, or at least have some help making a plan that is actually strategy-based and not just throwing a noodle at the wall and hoping it sticks? I feel ya. One of the hardest things for so many business owners and brands is coming up with content ideas that get them noticed or generate new leads. Well, you're in luck, my friend, because I am here to help. I know what it feels like to be in that creative rut of not knowing what to post, running out of ideas constantly, and just trying to keep up with this crazy content content-based market. So with that, I created a brand new freebie that will help you not only create an actionable plan for the next month, but I'm also giving you 30 days worth of content ideas totally free. This guide walks you through the exact thought process that I use when planning out my own monthly content, including an example, as well as so many other kinds of tips and tricks to make your life a million times easier and to make your content more intentional. To get your hands on this totally free guide, head on over to Sarah Elrod com slash 30 days of content or you can click the link in the show notes where are all my perfectionists at 
Yep, I'm raising my hand right there with you, sister. So the first lesson that I want to share with you, the biggest thing that I feel like I've learned, one of them at least in business, is that perfectionism holds you back. Now, I'll be honest, I still struggle with this both in my personal life and in my businesses. My toxic traits, if you will, are probably the fact that I am a huge perfectionist and a people pleaser through and through. Um, More often than not, I am working on some kind of project that I will get stuck on because I never feel like it's done. I just always want to add things and tweak things and make it perfect before I put it out into the world. So if you think that you fall into that same boat, then you can probably relate to things like this, like never being able to finish your website or not being able to hit publish on that blog post, YouTube video, podcast episode, whatever it might be, Instagram video, etc., because you don't have the perfect graphics created or the audio that you want or whatever it might be. Please, please hear me out and learn from my mistakes. I know that this is a lot easier said than done, but if you stop relying on having the perfect Instagram feed and just hit publish and see what happens, you are going to make it so much further because while you are waiting for that perfect caption to fall into your lap and come to your brain, someone else is just posting something every single day and not giving it much thought. And I can promise you they are going to get where they are going a heck of a lot faster because of that. Now, this kind of contradicts maybe things that I've said in the past, and I could probably do an entire episode on things that I no longer agree with that I've said, and that's kind of the unfortunate part about doing something like a podcast or YouTube channel or or just putting any sort of content out into the world. Things change, and not all the same information is going to be accurate for the remaining amount of time that the world exists. Um, (laughs) That's a little dramatic, but so in the past, I might have said things like, It's better to post quality work than quantity, um, meaning like post things that are um, really well thought out and things that are in some sense perfection versus not um, instead of just posting to post. And while some of those elements are true, you don't want to just post any random thing all the time that has nothing to do with anything. You do want to have some thought into what you're doing and some sort of intention, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Instagram has changed a lot and just the way that our society views content right now has changed a lot. It used to be people only wanted the pretty perfected, you know, beautiful photos and all the things, but now we have a much more casual approach to things thanks to TikTok and Reels and all of that. And this is true for even other elements of content like podcasts and YouTube videos and all the things. So don't be afraid to just, you know, have a thought, have a reason why you're posting it, have intention, but don't feel like it has to be this like very amazing, expensive looking piece of content because it really doesn't. People don't need that to to enjoy what you're putting out there into the world. And again, the more you put out there, the more chance you have of more people seeing your content. Whereas somebody that is too scared to put something out there because it's not ready yet, they are missing out on so much potential. And I hear you. I am right there with you. I need to be better at this because I am so guilty of doing this even to this day. Um, so learn from my mistakes and uh, don't be afraid to just post things. So, you know, in in my own business, I'd say things like branding have always stopped me in my tracks. It may be like something that just females do. I don't know. I feel like this is anytime I talk to 
my husband Tyler about it because he's kind of entrepreneurial he never like feels the same way like he's so much better at just doing like things so black and white and focusing on the important things which should be the things that make you money um not the like physical aspects of your brand like the font and the colors and the logos and all that those kinds of things in ret- really in grand scheme of things are just not as important doesn't mean they don't play a role in things but they are not as important as what we call the needle movers in your business the things that are actually going to make you money and so you know I've been caught designing these sorts of things all day long like all of a sudden I'll get on this tangent of like I need to redo my whole website like once a month and again these things do play a role in your business it's important to have a cohesive looking brand but they are not everything and when you spend too much time trying to craft the perfect logo and not as much time reaching out to new clients you're wasting your time and missing out on so much potential income opportunities And I believe it was Angie Lee who once said the whole done is better than perfect quote. And this doesn't mean that you have to post mediocre work. Again, that you you should be proud of what you're posting. But it doesn't mean that, um, well, it does mean actually that you can lower your expectations and standards a tiny bit. And remember, you can always go back and perfect things in quotations uh, later on if you want to. But for now, just hit publish. The second lesson that I learned in business um, and that I feel like I'm continuing to learn and walk through is that it's okay to pivot when necessary and when needed. If there's anything that the year 2020 has taught us, it's that sometimes we need to be able to be flexible and pivot in our businesses. For me, not only was that a crazy year um I mean for everybody let's be honest but it was a game changer for me that year it was I mean wild and scary and all the things but it was also really good in a lot of ways also and these last few years have just brought on huge life changes and these changes have forced me to reevaluate my priorities as a business owner but also as a person And I realized that I did not want to have to be photographing a wedding every single weekend for the rest of my life as a career. Um, And this all kind of came to fruition because I got engaged in the year 2020 and then we got married in 2021 and now we have a baby in 2022. So it's been a lot. Like the past few years have just been so wild and I I can't believe that... um, my business has evolved in the way that it has like I really if you would have asked me you know where I thought my business would be by now it's nowhere near where we are right now like I would not have thought this is where we would be but here we are and we have to take it and run with it and some things have been great changes and some things have been like harder changes that I didn't necessarily want to have to make but here I am having to make them And, you know, like I said, I wanted to be able to be home with my babies and with my husband who works during the week and we're kind of on opposite schedules. And so I didn't want to have to miss out on life. Um, You know, I, I became a business owner so that I could have more time, not less. And while I may not work as much during the week, um, in the same way, I guess. <laughs> I work a lot during the week, let's be honest. It's never ending. Um, but I I want to be on a similar schedule as, as my family because it sucks being on opposite schedules. If anybody's ever worked opposite schedules from like family or your spouse or significant other, it really 
it sucks. And as much as I love weddings and my job and all the things, I just realized that I need to take on less so that I can serve my clients better, but also spend more time with my family and just enjoy what I'm doing more. And so another thing too that I realized with all of this was that traveling was getting really exhausting to me. And so I took a look at new income streams to balance out what I'd be losing if I gave up traveling to those weddings or for, you know, if I gave up all weddings for that matter, what would I have to make to, you know, make up for for that lost income? And um, so some things that I've done to pivot and to work through this is start an associate team. So I started hiring associates to go photograph things in my place. And this is still part of my business that's being built up. It's definitely a transition. It's a learning curve for me, but it kind of allows me to be in two places at once. So if you find yourself feeling not as passionate as you once did, or maybe you're trying to grow your family, it might be time to pivot. And you can most definitely find ways to shift your business into a different direction slowly without having to just do it all at once and dive in head first. I've gone from a horse trainer full-time to a wedding photographer, from a photographer to an educator, from an educator to a podcaster, and now a content creator and getting paid to just post things. Like, it's crazy how much you can shift in business. And I feel like as a business coach, what I have heard a lot of people say and what my advice would be to certain people is anytime I've taken on a new student, I, I try to ask them, in one of our first times like working together like what their big picture is for their business because most people don't think like this and I definitely did not when I first started a business I thought I want to be a horse trainer and I want to be a photographer and those are the things I'm going to do but I never thought that it could evolve into all these different things and sometimes it's hard because you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you want or what possibilities could even come from it so this is kind of an open-ended question but I like to set up businesses in a way where they can be able to pivot and be flexible. So I did things like in the beginning, I set up like my website was Sarah Jessica photo at the time. Um, but that was pretty limiting because that was just photo. Like it was, you know, it'd be weird to do anything else under um, a website like that. So I've pivoted and shifted to make my website just sarahelrod.com because now that can work for so many different things. Everything that I do can be linked into one spot because it's just my name. And so not saying you have to do that same thing. That's just my own personal experience and what I did. So I try to leave things a little more flexible because again, you just never know where your business might take you. And so again, like keep all that in mind. You could transition. Things can change for you. Life happens. Sometimes you change when you want to sometimes you change when you don't want to um you know add things when they feel right remove things when it no longer makes sense for your business or life that's kind of just the big takeaway i think everybody needs to get from that so the third lesson that i have learned in business is that feedback is not a bad thing and you might be thinking well duh that doesn't sound like a bad thing but um feedback I feel like as an entrepreneur can be scary. It is, we take things so personally when we have businesses, like it is our baby. It feels like a dig at us if somebody gives us negative feedback. We only want the positive stuff, right? And you could get a hundred positive reviews and one bad one. And what do you think the one you're gonna remember and think about and stew on is gonna be? 
probably the bad one. So as a photographer, this was always especially hard for me. Um, I didn't experience this as much with my horse training business, but um, definitely as a photographer with like an art, um, this this can be this could be a hard thing to to work on and deal with. Um, I imagine it's the same for any kind of entrepreneur, really, especially if you're selling some sort of physical product or a service. We tend to take things super personally. And again, this might just be like a woman thing or more of a woman thing. I just feel like guys can distance their emotions a little bit more, whereas women, we tend to take everything a little more personally and get a little more emotionally invested in things. And I remember feeling absolutely heartbroken when I got my first unhappy client. The stress I carried with me lasted for a really long time. And oh man, the guilt, the guilt you feel when someone is not happy with something that you have worked so hard on. That's like the worst feeling ever. And it's just, it's kind of funny to think about. I mean, like I said, you could get so many positive feedbacks and feedbacks, feedback, reviews, whatever, testimonials, and the one negative one is going to be what sticks with you. That sucks. And hear me out, getting feedback, positive or negative, it's a good thing. In fact, I encourage everyone to actually make it a part of your workflow to ask for feedback from clients and customers. And I say this for a few reasons. The first one is that getting feedback gives you the opportunity to see what is working and what is not. So try your best to treat your business like a franchise, not like your little solo side hustle thing. If you worked for Walmart, let's say, and someone called, you know, let's say you were Walmart customer service, someone calls you and they start yelling at you and telling you how much they don't like a Walmart product or something that Walmart did, they hated it and they're so mad and blah, 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 blah. Would you take that personally? Like you'd probably be a little annoyed they're getting screamed at, but would you be personally offended if somebody was attacking Walmart? No, probably not because you don't have a emotionally invested piece into that company. You'd probably handle that situation um, from a very non-biased position. And that's what I want you to try to do with your own business. And again, something that I need to practice more on as well. And not to say that you can't have emotions tied into it. I think that there is a good thing when you do that because it does make you a better business owner in some ways to have emotions and to care and all of those things. But you have to be able to turn it on and off and to make decisions that aren't emotionally based as well in certain situations. And the second thing is that getting feedback can provide you with things like testimonials to use in your marketing strategy. Literally, social proof, word of mouth is such a game changer in business marketing. People like to read reviews before they purchase something. So if you have no testimonials listed out on your website or your social media pages, you could be missing out on so many potential clients and customers. So just asking people, I like to wait maybe like a week or two after I deliver products or services to let people kind of absorb all the things that they're feeling. And then I'll reach out and just be like, hey, like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the experience overall. Like, can you please um, go here, do it on my Facebook page, do it on Google, or just send it to me in an email, like whatever you want to do. And you can even walk people through it a little bit because sometimes people don't know what to say. They might have so many positive feelings and they might love what you gave them, but they just maybe aren't that great with their words. And so you can ask specific questions and then tie it all together into a paragraph and use it however you would like. So feedback, 
not a bad thing. Don't feel like it is. Don't be scared to ask for it. Even if you do get a negative review, it's okay. Learn from it. Actually understand what they're saying and see if it's a fair um, piece of, you know, not advice, but a fair feedback. Fair feedback? Uh, What am I trying to say? Is it fair that they feel the way that they feel? Like, if it is a negative review, if they had a bad experience, like, would you agree that they are right in feeling that way? Or are they just one of those people that you'll never be able to please? You did everything you could. You went over the top, above and beyond. Because those are very different situations. So if you if you get a negative review, look at it, read it, understand it. Maybe have somebody else read it um, that does come from a completely non-biased perspective. And they can kind of work through that with you. Okay, lesson number four is that community helps you grow. So when you're first getting started on a new business, it can be really easy to think that everyone is your competition and that you need to hustle all alone and keep everything to yourself. And that's not necessarily true, but but it's not necessarily a lie either. Now, there's this saying community over competition that is thrown around a lot. And while it's a great saying, I think it can lead to unrealistic business practices sometimes. And maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I feel like not everybody's going to agree with me here, but that's okay. You don't have to. The truth is, in business, you are going to have competition. That's just business. Other people in your industry are your direct competition. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They are your competition, whether you choose to use that word or not. And again, I think as women, we tend to really want, you know, that community and focus on the community. And that's so important. And we're going to get to that in a second. But when you talk to like successful male entrepreneurs, men that are, you know, out there crushing it in business, they have competition and they aren't afraid to say it and they aren't afraid to do what they have to do to beat the competition doesn't mean that you guys have to be enemies but they understand that in business like you you will have competition and your goal is to have the best business model so that people choose you over them and that doesn't mean you can't be friends it doesn't mean you can't collaborate with them or refer people to them if you need to but i do think that it's silly to assume that as a business owner we are never going to have like competition or have to compete in some degree it's just the name of the game but on the contrary though it is important to have community in your business to grow as well and this came to me um, this came to light for me, I guess, personally, when we decided to create our Elrod Ranch brand. And as you may already know, my husband and I are trying to become first generation cattle ranchers. So naturally, when we came up with this idea, we created social media accounts and pages to document the journey. And, you know, welcome to the 21st century, I guess. But also, I know the power that the internet has and how one post could land in the right hands and it could change everything for us. What I didn't know, though, is the community that would get created around this brand and sharing our family's story. Because of Elrod Ranch, I've come across hundreds of other wives, moms, incredible women who are doing what we want to do or you know, they are on the same or similar journey as us. And these connections have led to us growing our accounts, learning a ton and getting brand collaborations and more. So I guess the reason that I'm telling you all of this is because I do think that it is important to establish relationships within your industry and even with those outside of it, because you never really know what doors that they can open for you. 
Now, I'm sure I've missed out on a lot of things in my early days because I was too stubborn to ask for help or ask questions. So my advice is don't be like that. Don't be so stubborn and stuck in your ways that you don't ask for help or that you don't look to others to grow. But again, don't get so comfy that you um, believe that there is no competition out there at all because that's not necessarily true either. If you've ever wanted to know what business tools I use on a daily basis or what gear I'm using or even where I got that new outfit from, you should check out my favorite things. Yep, I created an entire page on my website dedicated to letting you know all the things I love in my life, my business, and more. This is truly a place where I've listed off the best resources for entrepreneurs, mamas, and Western ladies. I've included links also to make sure that you can get what you need quick, fast, and in a hurry. Check out what's in my camera bag, cowboy boots I'm obsessing over, Western home decor, photo shoot emergency kit items, business tools, freebies, and so much more. Just head to sarahelrod.com slash favorite things. That's sarahelrod.com slash favorite things, or click the link in the show notes. Lesson number five is to incorporate yourself into your business. This is probably the best piece of advice because you want to make sure that you are showing up in your business and that you're not hiding behind what you do. Your business is more than just what you do. It is you. And it may be hard to hear this, but it's something that changed the game for me. And that is that there are a million people out there who can do exactly what you do, but they are never going to be able to do it in the way that you do it. The difference between them and you is you, Y-O-U. So when you choose to hide behind your work and your business, you are doing a major disservice to yourself. Your business is going to blend in with everyone else until you decide to step out of the box and share your story. So talk about why you're different and how that plays into what your products and services are. If you go to Starbucks every day and grab a cup of coffee, share that with your followers and share that with people talk about it, make content about it. I know it might feel silly if your business has nothing to do with the fact that you drink Starbucks, but it lets people understand who you are and it gives them something to connect to. Because if you're sharing about the fact that you love Starbucks and somebody else loves Starbucks and they're like, oh my gosh, we have that in common, they're more likely to pick you because of that connection than they are somebody else that does exactly what you do but doesn't share about their love for Starbucks. So often the message that you're sharing is more powerful than the thing that you actually do. I've seen this time and time again, and I will admit, I am by no means the best photographer in the world, like not even close. There are so many photographers that I think are so much better than me and so many horse trainers that I think are so much better than me and people that just do everything that I do so much better than I do it. But I connect with people on so many levels because I share about my life. I share about things that are relatable. And I actually talk about it so much that sometimes when I meet clients, they'll tell me like, oh, I feel like I already know you because of, you know, the fact that you talk about this online. And that's kind of a really big compliment to me because it tells me that I'm doing something right. If I can meet somebody for the first time and they feel like they already know me, boom, I've done my job. Like that is all I could ever want. And that is going to make our business experience better. And going back to the whole thing about getting feedback, if you want to get more positive feedback from people, the more you can connect with them on a personal level, the more likely you are to get that positive feedback because people are going to remember how you made them feel, not necessarily what you did for them. So you could deliver, you know, again, I use photography as an example, but you could deliver the best wedding gallery ever to a client 
and be a terrible person basically like you could make them feel horrible on the day of their wedding and even though the photos are beautiful they're always going to remember that you made them feel bad and they're automatically going to think their photos are like trash because of it so focus on making people feel good building those connections and talking about yourself talk about yourself but also talk about how it connects to them and why you would work well with certain types of people that is going to be the bread and butter Now, I actually also want to add in one more piece of bonus advice, if you will, that I'm thinking of while we're here. And this is something that I've been learning, especially right now, being a new mom, um, having a newborn around the house, trying to balance my marriage, social life, business, all the things. And I guess my advice in the midst of walking through all of this is to just have grace and to know that you do not have to do all this alone. Um, there's this funny thing that happened. Um, it wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny now when I was, I actually, I don't even think Stetson was born yet, but, um, it was like the end of my pregnancy and things were just getting like crazy busy, overwhelming, all the things, feeling so many emotions. And normally every single morning when Tyler gets up for work, I get up with him and I go in the kitchen and while he's in the shower, I make coffee, I make him breakfast, I get his lunch together for the day. Um, It's just kind of my way of serving him and doing something kind for him um, while he goes off to work and I am lucky enough to work from home. So I like to do that. And on days that I sleep in on accident or don't do that, I feel terrible um, because he not expects me to do it now, but it's just it's kind of our routine and I do it more often than not. And so I mean, most mornings, like, while he never would get mad at me for not doing it, he does assume that I'm probably out of bed making his breakfast or making him coffee. And so not all the time does he have the extra time to do all those things if I don't do it because he's kind of rushing out the door. And so there was one morning where... Uh, this happened. Uh, he was rushing out the door. I woke up late, so I'm like scrambling to get to the kitchen to try to do things, and I couldn't do it fast enough. He had to leave, and so he walked out the house without breakfast, without coffee. I don't even know if he had lunch made at that point, and he walked out the door, and I like immediately started crying that I didn't get to do all those things for him, and it sounds pathetic, but I just, I have kind of put all this pressure on myself to be the perfect wife and the perfect mom and the perfect everything. And the truth is, Tyler could have cared less. Like, he can go pick up coffee. He can go buy lunch. He can go buy breakfast. Like, whatever he needs to do. He's a big boy. He can figure it out. And I know that. But I've put this pressure on myself to be the perfect wife, the perfect mom, the perfect business owner. And when I fall short of that, like, it really upset me. And so that story is kind of just funny to me now, like, looking back. Um, But it's so true. And it's just an example of how I need to give myself more grace too, um, from time to time. And I really thought that when I, like, I used to talk a big game, I feel like when I was pregnant and before my baby was born, I kind of just assumed that I'd be able to jump back into work, like no big deal, that it would just be so easy and that I would crush it at this whole balancing thing. And boy, was I wrong. Having a newborn is, turns out, a lot of work and it takes a lot of your time, more so than I even realized. And so that has been a huge learning curve for me, trying to figure all that out. And 
I also feel like I struggle with feeling guilty for not having more time to spend with, as silly as this sounds, with my dog and my horses. Like I thought after my baby was born, like I I didn't ride for the last few months of pregnancy for safety reasons, but then after, um, I thought after the baby's born, like I'd immediately go back into riding and I'd have all this time and whatever. Yeah, not true. I haven't been able to ride nearly as much as I'd like to. I haven't been able to do a lot of stuff. Um, And that sucks. And it is hard because like that was my whole identity before being a wife and being a mom. Like I was the horse girl. I would ride all the time. And now I get to ride, you know, few times here and there randomly and you know it it's hard it's a hard thing to learn and I just I want anybody else that maybe is walking through something similar where you kind of feel like your identity had to shift a little bit um just know that it's not forever and I know this isn't a forever phase so I'm trying to just live in the moment and enjoy where I'm at um and and know that it it doesn't last forever um so and don't feel guilty you shouldn't feel guilty for like because I almost have like mom guilt for my animals, right? Like I, I have mom guilt for not spending as much time with them as I'd like to or want to give them. Um, and then the same thing for Tyler, my husband. Like I get guilty or feel guilty when I'm not spending as much time with him or um, focusing on him because I'm focusing on the baby so much. But then also at the same time, like if I do leave the baby and try to spend time with like the animals or Tyler or to go back to work. Um, I just recently went back to weddings um, for the first, you know, time since having him. I've had him with me every single day. And then this was my first like full day without him. And that was really hard. And I felt so guilty leaving him and so sad. I like remember crying as I drove away to go to the wedding because it was just, it's hard to to leave him and to figure it all out and to be the best at everything. So you just have to have grace and know that you can't be the best at everything. You can't do it all alone. Be willing to ask for help and understand that God has placed you right where you need to be in life. And if you're walking through a challenge, it's likely for a reason, even if you can't see it right now. And if you're looking around at everyone else around you thinking they must have it all together, just know that they don't. Social media is such a lie. People post only the good things. People only talk about the good things, you know, even if it's not on social media, even if it's people that are in real life, you know, people don't always want to share the bad things. So just know that if it seems like somebody else is just sunshine and rainbows all the time, I promise you they're not. I promise you they're just trying to make it seem that way. So understand it's okay to take some things off your plate being too busy is not a good thing your time should be your biggest and most valuable form of currency and don't ever forget that like you never want to look back on your life and wish that you worked more and wish that you you know spent less time with your loved ones you'll never say that so always 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 remember to prioritize prioritize what are words prioritize the things that mean the most to you um and understand that you know everything's temporary it won't last forever and i think you're doing a great job thank you so much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and hearing a little bit of my heart and i want to thank you again for coming along with me and being patient with me as i learn this new season of life i know i've said it before but it means the world to me that you guys share when you're listening to the show and you tag me on social media so please keep doing that you can tag the show at branded cowgirl podcast on instagram or you can tag me personally at mrs sarah elrod on instagram twitter 
Facebook, like all the things. So um, literally everything. Um, Also, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a few seconds and I love, love, love reading your feedback. Here we go. Circling back to the feedback thing. Love it. Love reading your feedback. Um, Even the negative ones. So, you know, it's fine. Uh, Plus, the more reviews that this show gets, the better that we rank and the bigger that we can make this together. And yes, I do say we as in me and you because without you, this podcast would not exist. Gosh, 100 episodes. Seriously blows my mind. Can't stop looking at that number. So crazy. Okay, well, until next time, cowgirls, cowboys, all the people, all the things. Um, Know that you are wildly loved. You guys are so appreciated. And I will see you in the next one. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.